The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 29 of Garthology. We are back for Part 4 of our discussion of Garth's album, Sevens. In our last episode, we covered the 7th, 8th, and ninth songs on the album. Today, we'll talk about songs 10, 11, and 12. Before we look at those songs, let's talk a little more about the album itself. According to Garth's website, the Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA, has certified sevens for sales of over 10 million units. The album debuted at number one on both the Billboard Top 200 and the Country Albums charts with first-week sales of 896,932 albums sold. This was the top-selling debut week of any album released in 1997. Fueled by two Billboard number 1 singles, Long Neck Bottle and Two Pina Coladas, Sevens topped the 200 chart for a total of 7 weeks and the country chart for 13 weeks. Sevens received the following awards. The RIAA Diamond Award for sales in excess of 10 million units, and it received a Grammy, a Billboard Music Award, and was the AMA Favorite Album Country for all of 1998. So obviously, this album was truly a standout one for Garth. All right, let's start back up with song number 10. Jess, what song do you have? I have song number 10 off of the Sevens album, which is In Another's Eyes. In Another's Eyes was written by Garth Brooks, John Peppard, and Bobby Wood, and features Trisha Yearwood. It was released August 18, 1997 as the first single from Sevens, and it was also the second single from Trisha's album Songbook, a collection of hits, after the first single on that album, How Do I Live? I love, love, love this song, and I could say a lot about it, so I'm going to try to stick to some facts and then some just brief opinions because I could probably do an episode Mm -hmm. about this song. (laughs) The B-side of this single was a song by Trisha called I Want to Live Again. It was from her Everybody Knows album, which was the previous studio album before uh, Songbook. I am flummoxed that this duet only reached number two. Like, it blows me away that this was not a number one song. I remember... At the time that it came out, it was on the radio all the time. I mean, I I heard it on the radio before I heard it on the album. And 
I would have assumed that it was number one because although I, I forget that I was in Oklahoma, so we probably heard things more frequently maybe than everywhere else, but it, you know, it got a fair amount of airplay and it was on, you know, they released what was kind of the video on Jay Leno. Like it was out there. People were listening to it. So I'm still shocked when I read that number and realize that this never actually reached number one in my head and in my heart, it was a number one song. <laughs> maybe because of the subject matter, maybe, maybe like married people, that's a little bit touchy, you know, worrying about like if your spouse was in love with someone else, like, but I'm like, it's a song. It's a story about two people, obviously who are in love with each other. I think Trisha said once, um, it's about two people who in, are in love with each other, but don't belong to each other. And that's a very concise way of saying what the song is about. It At the 40th Grammy Awards, Garth and Trisha won for Best Country Collaboration with Vocals. So I feel like it did get some recognition that it deserved, even though it was not the number one song that I think it should have been. <laughs> Musically, I think... I mean, I really love the music. I don't know. Usually I have an opinion of if I'm more moved by the music or by the lyrics. I think probably the lyrics went out on this one because this, the story and the song is so strong, but I do love the music and obviously I love their harmonies and always I love their harmonies, but I think they were especially strong in this song because it has so many big moments, especially in the chorus. I don't know. This is one of my favorites, like all time favorites, definitely off of the album, but like all the songs together. And we've talked about just doing, looking at the duets by themselves. But if you just look at it as a Garth song, it's still, it's definitely probably in my top, mm, maybe five to definitely 10 of all of Garth songs across the board. Wow. What about you, Pete? What do you think? That's saying something, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's interesting to see what Aunt Deb's notes are going to be because my notes simply start with, I love, love, love this one. <laughs> Simply put, Garth and Trisha, they have a lot of duets, but this one, top three for sure, maybe even top two for me. It's that good of a song. Yeah. I have the same the same mention here. I just love the vocal changes and like how big they get together, how big their vocals get with one another and like how great it actually sounds between the two of them through the entire song, whether they're low or they're big, they're quiet or they're loud, like it just works. And there is nothing like watching them perform this song live. Nothing oh, yeah. like watching them perform it live. There are a lot of recordings out there that you could find, uh, you know, videos and things on social media. But until you've sat in a seat and watched them do it together live, it's it's something else. Again, I do love the story and, and the lyrics um, and the duet. It's, it's kind of that same thing like you were saying, you know, like what I think for me with the song, it, it is the way that their vocal ranges change and how they're able to just match. One goes a little higher, the next one comes up. One goes a little lower, the next one was able to fall down. And it just matches really, really well. So if we were to do a bracket on duets between Trisha and Garth, I think that this one would go a very, very long way for me. Yeah. But uh, that's my feelings. What about you, Aunt Deb? What do you think? So obviously, we all feel strongly about this song because, you know, I'm going to reiterate what you guys said. In my opinion, this is one of the most beautiful duets I think ever written and sung. Um, the music is fantastic. I think the singing in this is actually sublime. Like there is, to me, it's perfection, the way that their voices are together. The songs, I, I know that there's a lot of speculation out there, whatever, about whether the song is autobiographical as far as the lyrics. 
I don't care about any of that. But the story of, you know, knowing that you want to be faithful to your spouse, but that your soul has found a different person and it's the person that your soul wants to be with for eternity. To me, that's just like the ultimate, almost like a heartbreaker. You know, you, I understand you want to be faithful, but your soul is connected to this other person. So whether that's autobiographical or not, I don't care. The song itself is beautiful for that storyline. It does make me a little sadder, the idea that the singers of this song may actually have struggled with something very similar to this, you know, to these lyrics in their lives. Because, I mean, you know, these these people are humans and I don't want them to hurt. So even just the idea that they hurt, you know, they went through a period in their lives that was difficult for them. It break, you know, it breaks my heart. It hurts me for them. Um, but I will say that you could look at this song as being heartbreaking for that matter. But for me, whatever ache they may have gone through that maybe, you know, has that this song may have something to do with, they went through that ache, but it got them through to where they are today. And so to me, um, I like to think of where they are today. They've lived through these difficulties the way a lot of people do. Everybody has difficulties in their lives and in their relationships. And what matters is the outcome. So where they are today, the struggles they went through were very real for whatever they were, but where they are today is what matters to me. And so I love for them that they are where they are today. So for the song itself, like Jess mentioned, their harmonies are amazing. Their natural chemistry is amazing. The highs and the lows, like Pete mentioned, their moments of singing alone and together during another's eyes. I mean, I just can't with all the feelings in this song. It's all amazing and heartbreaking, and it's all wrapped up into one song for me. So it's everything. I just... It's everything to me. I love this song and I always will. <laughs> yes, I I also just, I agree with both of you and I didn't mention it in my part, but just how they feed off of each other when they sing and going into those higher, more powerful moments. It's like, like Pete mentioned in a, in a live show, they just, you know, one goes and then the other goes and they just get like more and more into it. And that's one of the reasons I love this song so much. I love the studio version. I love the live version more. I just love this song. All right, Pete, what do you have for song number 11? Yep, I have song 11 off of sevens, When There's No One Around. In the morning, I'm lying in bed. A tape of my failures playing inside my head. It's heartaches and hard knocks and things I don't know. Listen and I wonder where will it go? This is a glimpse of the child that's within. He's so immature, but he's still my best friend. If he could learn how to fly, he'd never touch down. He's a kid that I am. When There's No One Around was written by Tom O'Brien and Daryl Scott. Doing research, I found that it was never released as a single. So, okay, first on this song, I have to say, I absolutely love the intro to the song. As the piano comes in and then that drum smash, like that just grabs my attention. 
But on the flip side of that, I got to be super honest. This song, I know all the lyrics to. But listening to the story behind the lyrics while doing the research for this episode, I have no idea what this story is about. I cannot (laughs) figure it out. Like, I... Okay, so I researched the meaning behind the, the, the story, behind the song. And there's very limited information on this song, but there's people out there that had their general idea. And I, okay, well, I'll listen to it that way and see if it makes sense. Meh, a little bit. But I kept going back to my own personal feeling. Like, in my mind, it's a guy who's watching himself be the guy that he wishes he could be around everybody else. But I don't know if that – I'm still confused by it. I, I really am still confused by it. Uh, I listened. I read the lyrics. I know that there's a cool story in there somewhere. I just can't find it. I can't, and you know, maybe this song is one of those plays on words where there could be different angles to the story for different people. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe you guys could help me out. I, I like the lyrics and the vocals and everything about it. Like I said, I know it word for word. I just don't know the story. I can't figure out the story like I can with Almost every other Garth Brooks song that there is. Now, there's been other songs where I thought that it was a story. Maybe it wasn't quite there. or One that you could, like I said, put it into your own words, your own feelings. But this one, I'm confused on. And Deb, what do you got? Maybe you can help me. <laughs> so I think you have the basic idea of it, or at least what it means to me. To me, it is a guy who is looking at himself in the mirror and thinking, how do I... Um, how do I live with these failures that I have every day and accept myself for who I am? I still want to be this child and I want to love life and I want to go out there and dance and sing like there's no one around. But at the same time, I'm an adult. Can I do that? Is it okay to still be that child inside, but present that child to people? you know, to the people in your life. Can you really be both of those, be the adult, but also be that fun loving child. That's kind of how I see it. That's the way um, the song means to me. I think that it's a charming song. I think it's a very sweet song. It's a self deprecating song. You know, you have a man who he's, you know, he's got this little song that nobody's going to care about, or he doesn't, you know, he can't even describe how it goes. And yet it's it's a good song with a very good message of, you know, shouldn't we all just live our lives being that happy, loving child, even as an adult? That's the way that I see it. I think we all can remind ourselves that, yes, we have failures each and every day, but we need to give ourselves a little grace and realize that we're all human and no one is perfect. And we each just need to remember to live our lives like that child dancing when nobody's around, you know, but present ourselves that way. We can all still be that child in front of other people. Um, so that's how I see it. I think it's a great message. I think the music is really good. I especially like the electric guitar solo that's in the middle. And I think that Garth sounds great on the song. I love those high notes that he hits, but he's also perfect on the low notes. And I absolutely, my absolute favorite is the whistling at the end. And when Garth just quietly sings that final line, I just love that. I think it's unique for this song and I like it. I think, 
This isn't one of Garth's well-known songs, but I think it's another one of those that I think people who don't know Garth's music, you know, the more album, the deep cuts, I think that if they're skipping over this, they're really missing out on a good song. I think it's a good, solid song with a good message that we should all learn to live, to be that child more. So what do you think, Jess? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I love that you got that out of this song and that you culled that from this because I was with Pete on this. I, I know this song, like I know the chorus to the song and I sing along with it when it comes on, but even like reading through the lyrics and looking at it, it, it kind of goes in circles to me. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a story song because it doesn't have a beginning, middle and end. And I couldn't find a moral or a message in it. I, probably it means what you got out of it, but I, I was like, Pete, I just kind of read it over and over again, listened to it and was like, Nope, (laughs) still not, not getting anything. Don't know. So, I mean, it's, I do like the music. I did like the music from it a lot. And I, like I said, I sing along with the chorus, but it's, it's definitely not one that is on my playlist or likely to be anytime soon. Um, and it is not my top five on the album. That being said, I did like uh, the end and I like the whistling part that you were talking about. And I had kind of forgotten about it because it is one that I maybe don't skip when it comes on, but I don't really pay attention to. I just kind of hum along with it or sing along with it as it's going. And maybe I should pay more attention to it. And maybe I'll go back and listen to it with what you've said in mind and see if I can pull that out of it now. It just confused me. Like I was saying, but I'm glad that there was somebody with me, but I loved when they had Deb pulled out of it. Cause yeah, that makes yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I got from it as well. well I was listening. Like certainly there has to be a point yeah. here. Like I'm certain there's something and I'm just not getting it, but that's how I felt. Yeah. I'm sure that, uh, you know, there's, we probably got a lot of fans out there that have their own feelings or thoughts on it. I'd love to hear you know, some of their ideas that they could throw them to us on the socials or, you know, via email or something like that. I'd love to read about them and see how they feel at that song. Well, that will do it for when there's no one around and the 11th song off the seventh album. And Deb, what do you got for us next? I have the 12th song on sevens and it is a friend to me. But you've always been a friend. Always big time and again the one to take my head and show to me that it's okay to be just the way I am. A friend to me was written by Garth Brooks and Victoria Shaw. Victoria Shaw is a name we've mentioned many times in the course of our podcast. Victoria has written multiple songs for Garth that we've already talked about and a couple that we haven't yet, um, including number one songs, The River and She's Every Woman, the Nashville-based, New York-born, Los Angeles-raised triple threat has either written or produced some of music's most memorable tunes and performed on the world's biggest stages, including opening for Garth Brooks at his record-breaking Central Park show. Oh, wow. A Friend to Me is a tribute song to that friend that challenges you 
yet completely accepts you for who you are. I will say it's an oddly phrased song. And so the lyrics kind of throw me off balance a little. So for example, the one that always gets me, there's times I'd rather kill you. (laughs) I mean, I get that they're saying, I don't want to hear this truth that you're telling me because this person's your really good friend and they're not afraid to tell you the truth. But to have the lyric, (laughs) I'd rather kill you, that line is just super odd to me. So the song overall, something about it just seems almost like filler to me on such a great album. Like this song just kind of takes a spot on the album. So it's just kind of awkward to me, I guess. I think the music is good. A little bit at the beginning is kind of a gospel feeling to me. I'm not really sure why I get that, but that's what I get at the very beginning. But then there's like this kind of odd string section. And then the music speeding up in the middle just seems like an odd choice to me. And then the music slows down again. So for me, that's I like the music, even though it's a little disconnected. So I guess I'd have to say, overall, I think it's an okay song. It's not one of my favorites, not on my playlist. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to be the only one that feels this way. So let's check in with Jess. What do you think, Jess? How is this one for you? Yeah, I love this song. Really? This is top three on the album for me. Mm. I obsessively love this song. I can quote it word for word. I think it's the best friend song, but it also works for like a significant other that's your best friend. I love the piano notes and the opening. And my favorite line is when it says, you've always been time and again, the one to take my hand and show me it's okay to be just the way I am with no apologies. And I feel like everyone needs that person in their life. Everyone needs that, you know, person that they can check in with that, Even like you said, there's times I'd rather kill you than listen to your honesty. I mean, I think it's just hyperbole, obviously, not someone that wants to kill someone. But, you know, it's hard to hear those truths. It's hard to hear them from anybody. But when it's someone that you love and whose opinion matters, it's harder to hear it. But it's also when you love someone enough to risk pissing them off to tell them the truth because, you know, something is not okay in their life or it's going to hurt them in the long run and you're willing to risk that, that's like a true friend. And those are the people you need to keep in your life. So I love, love, love this song. I've always loved it. I love the music. I love the lyrics. So at least one of the three of us (laughs) is pulling for this song. (laughs) Thankfully, we're not ranking them. I like hearing you say that though, then to me, it will give me a new appreciation for it. Good. How about you, Pete? If this song was in a bracket... I'm sure it'd be bumped at this point. (laughs) Oh, that hurts my soul. Now, for a minute there, Jess, you were changing my mind about it. I was like, heck yes. In my notes, I said a friend to me is the best, best friend song. Because there is that message that's in there. However, it's a cool story and a song that I enjoy listening to. I know the words to it. The next two sentences are, you can talk about stuff that they mention. However, if I was to need to bump a song from the album, this would be that one. You would rather bump this than the one we just talked about. (laughs) Only, I like. That kills me. It's only because, like, that, 
I don't know. This one, I like the pace. I like the vocals. I just, I don't know. There was, um, it's hard because, I don't know, maybe it has to do with the story style song, you know, where there's a beginning, middle, end. Yeah. The last song didn't have the, you know, this song I don't feel that. I don't know. There's just something about the song. The hardest thing about it, though, is I know every word to it, and I can sing it, and I know what it's about. And it, you're right. It does have a great message, you know, and it could go both to your best friend and your significant other. If you need that person in your life to be able to sit down and tell you, listen, you're doing this right, you're doing this wrong, and this is why, like, that's the person. You want to be that person for that best friend or for your significant other. There's a great message there, but... You know, the cool thing is, is with the last two, we can go from 14 to 12 for just normal dozen, or we can go back to normal songs and just get to 10, his normal 10 10 album if we want. (laughs) But if we had to knock one off or if we were doing a bracket, this one, I don't know, (laughs) put it up against the dance of the dance moves on. That's (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's my opinion on a friend to me, but it's like, uh, yeah. But I like these situations. These are, you know, it doesn't happen often in our podcast because all three of us love Garth so much that nine times out of 10, we're going to say we love this song or at least find something about each song that we're going, you know, that we all love. Well, and we've talked about to the ones that we're all like, I don't know. I mean, it's not my favorite. There's somebody out there who loves that song. I mean, you know, it's just not going to hit home for everybody in the same way. And thankfully, there's usually things for each person on the album. And the cool thing about it is like when Jess started talking about it, I'm like, shit, these notes don't make sense. Ed, Ed, what are you talking about? It's a great song. But it's (laughs) like it. But then you like, I I guess that's the coolest thing about this, you know, whole podcast research thing. You get everybody's opinion. Yeah, I love that. I love when this happens. I want this to happen more often. Let's let's disagree and be able to point each other in the right direction <laughs> and say, no, this is why it's great. I just love that. I and Now this is going to be one of my favorite songs on this album <laughs> for that very reason, because now I'm like, I can appreciate it now. I came into this and I didn't appreciate it enough. And now I do. Now you do. Okay, everyone. That's it for this episode and songs 10, 11, and 12 on Sevens. We've almost wrapped this whole album up, which actually makes me a little bit sad and it's a little bittersweet because to me, this album is such a good one. So I'm going to be a little sad next episode. But thanks for checking in with us again and we'll be finishing this one up soon. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to share us with everyone you know, so that way your friends in low places can become Garthologists too. Yeah, and speaking about friends in low places, if you are on social media and you want to find us there, we can be found at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram and or Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast. We do appreciate the likes, the shares, the tweets, and the retweets. We like all the interaction. And if we want, we can go back and discuss uh, your guys' feelings on when there's no one around. So you could hit us up there in the direct messages. So we would appreciate that. And we love, love, love the support, guys. Next on Garthology, we have Season 3, Episode 30, which is our final Sevens Review episode that will be airing on November 17th. Be sure to join us. Until then, this has been Season 3, Episode 29 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. 
And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. I told myself I wasn't going to say anything until after you did. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse us, Bo. We're trying to record. Can you refrain from coughing? <laughs>